Okay. <laughs> it's a way to start a podcast. So how's everybody doing out there? Good, good, good. I hope, hope, hope. Um, want to get into this. Uh, you know, I just finished watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on YouTube. And, uh, I don't want to go too too far down that deep dive, but, uh, you know, my least favorite Christmas movie or show is Frosty. I I don't like it. Whatever. Welcome to another Panic Attack with Big John. Follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social at the real underscore Big John. Um... Do all that like, share, comment, subscribe garbage. I hope this is not the world's sneeziest podcast again. <clears throat> I had to cover the camera to wipe my nose with my handkerchief. So, yeah, this, uh, man, I can't believe it's 60 years since Kennedy was assassinated. Um, there have been other, uh, presidents assassinated, um, of course it was John Hinckley attempting to assassinate, uh, President Reagan, excuse me, lost my train of thought, um, but I, I think maybe because this was the first television president, that you know this was <clears throat> one that from the moment it happened for days on end uh this was on everyone's television and you know televisions have been around for a few years but uh, I guess this was probably the first 24-hour news cycle. Um, television shows were interrupted. You know, the uh, the soap operas. <laughs> um, and it's that f- the first day in America... Where everybody remembers where they were when something happened. Um, in my lifetime, it was always my teachers, my uh, relatives, and anyone that was old enough to remember, remembered where they were when they heard Kennedy had been shot. And, you know information news didn't travel as fast then as it does now but with this new medium of television you know women that were at home relaxing with their afternoon quaalude and tea watching their soap opera uh were interrupted and you know they called their husband at the job site or the office or 
wherever. Uh, you know, anyone that had a radio on in their office or workplace heard this news. Um, schools got dismissed early, of course. And, you know, it, it didn't happen again until September 11th, 2001. I mean, can you... Does every American remember where they were... I don't know, when the Hindenburg crashed, you know, we've all heard that radio transmission, oh, the humanity, um, I mean, I might as well ask you, do you remember where you were during the great WKRP turkey drop, if you don't know what that is, go or YouTube search it, you'll love it, uh, WKRP turkey drop, but, so there have been two events in the last 60 years in American history that every American that was alive can tell you where they were. Now, of course, I'm not about one and two year olds, but, you know, uh, my mom and uncles that were in school tell me what class they were in. They can, you know, tell me that they were let out of school early, uh, things of that nature. You know, just like, you know, I remember where I was on 9-11 at Kent State University and, you know, the, the details. And if I asked everybody my age where they were on 9-11, they can tell you. And it, in pretty good detail because, you know, it's seared into their minds because of that moment. So, I, I'm not going to go on, I was going to do all the assassination and conspiracy stuff and, you know, this is the conspiracy side, but there's like a, a million conspiracy sides. Um, I was going to, after that, say this is the official government side or the official Warren Report side. But we'll be here for 20 hours if I do that. Um, so let's just talk about Kennedy. Let me just say, you know, the 35th president of the United States. Um, it's kind of like, wow. Thir Joe Biden is, what, the 46th? So we've only had 11 presidents since 1960. Now, if you're in Great Britain, they only had one queen. They had many prime ministers, but... You know, they only had one head of state. Now, of course, in the United States, the presidents are the head of government and the head of state. And we rotate them. We get sick of them. We put a new one in. But the most they get uh, is eight years. So Kennedy born May 29th, 1917. Uh, and this kind of surprised me. Born in 1917, but not not the year, but the uh, place. He was born in the master bedroom of 83 Beals Street, Brookline, Massachusetts. That's Brookline, Massachusetts, not Brooklyn, New York, by the way. Um, it, it just... I kind of forgot how old Kennedy would have been. Well, he, 
obviously would have died of natural causes by now, but, um, he'd be over a hundred years old, 106, if you were still alive, um, it, it's a little strange, 2017 would have been his 100th birthday, I'm surprised that not more of a big deal was made of, uh, his 100th birthday in quotes, but, um, yeah, born in the master bedroom, you know, I always associate babies being born in hospitals, and now some people are reverting back to the old ways of, uh, trying to do home birth, but this was, um, 1917, and, you know, me thinking, you know, the Kennedys are, are a rich family, maybe they weren't in 1917, because Joe Kennedy hadn't made his millions in bootlegging in Prohibition yet, but I think they were still a pretty well-off family, um, born in the master bedroom, I'm sure, you know, they called the doctor, nurses, midwives, and whatever, but, Man, this is when women predominantly still had babies at home. That surprised me. Let's talk about PT-109. I've always heard John Kennedy in this uh, heroic PT boat story. Uh, but I've never known much about it until I... Listen to a podcast today, um, doing research, and what it was was a little torpedo boat they used in World War II to harass the Japanese Navy um, around some of these islands. Or I think this actually happened around the Solomon Islands, and so Lieutenant. John F. Kennedy's PT boat gets hit by a Japanese destroyer. Um, aside from leading his men, for a while they floated on debris and what was left of the ship. Um, and finally he made the decision that help wasn't going to come right away. So... He had the guys swim to the nearby islands. And along the way, he was pulling a fellow sailor who was too burned to swim uh, by the guy's life preserver, life jacket. Um, and he was, was pulling him along by the life jacket and uh, the, the belt of the life jacket in his teeth. Pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you know, so they get to one of the islands, there's nobody there, uh, they swim to another nearby island, still no one, uh, I don't know how many days this went on, but during the night, Kennedy would swim out into the channel, to look for boats, help. 
Uh, one night he came across some native islanders and they did, really didn't speak the language, but he inscribed a message on the inside of a coconut and he had these islanders take the message to the Australian troops that were nearby and that's how his men got rescued and he got this piece of coconut back and <clears throat> he had it turned into uh, into a glass paperweight and kept that paperweight on his desk the rest of his life and it's in his uh, presidential museum now you know, I like to go to that presidential museum uh, for Kennedy obviously a lot of conservatives talk so greatly of the Reagan ranch but there's a lot of cool history at the, the Kennedy Museum I'm certain so the other thing that I have known Kennedy for a lot of things. Obviously the assassination. But one of these things that conservatives and Republicans try to hold against him is. Uh, he voted against or he voted present or something. History has changed written by the victors, right? Um, I've always heard he voted against the. 1958 Civil Rights Act. Now, when I looked it up, it said 1957. But, you gotta remember, the guy knew he was gonna run for president, right? And he's obviously not a prejudiced person, but he, in order to win the southern states, which were deep blue and deep racist blue, um, he couldn't look like an uppity northeastern liberal. I have mixed feelings because I'm a stick by your guns and fight for what you think is right. But Kennedy's shrewder politician than I. Um, you know, didn't vote for this because it would have killed him in the southern states. No pun intended. Um, I found interesting facts I, to keep this a little lighter, looser. Uh, Kennedy played baseball in high school. He was a right-handed pitcher and a third baseman. Um, as a child, some of his favorite books were Arabian Nights, which I've heard of but never read. Um, one of my favorite books, one of the first real books I ever read, uh, aside from a school book or a storybook, uh, Treasure Island. I don't know when Kennedy read it, but I was in fifth grade and somebody wanted to teach me to enjoy reading uh, and how to use my imagination. So I brought my school book in and the guy said, Well, these books are stupid. <laughs> and. Uh, so he got out a copy of Treasure Island and we read it. Um, so, I, I don't know, Kennedy was probably smart. Nah, not really. Uh, anyways, he uh, 
read Treasure Island as a kid. It was one of his favorites. Also, one of his favorites was Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? A book that's being rewritten and banned now. Um, the book that started the Civil War, by the way. Um, he also read Pilgrim's Progress as a kid. I remember when I got resaved, born again, however you want to say it, uh, in college. And uh, the Pentecostal pastor often said, read Pilgrim's Progress. So, as president, Kennedy's favorite books were Marlboro, not the cigarette. It's a book by Winston Churchill. Also, From Russia with Love. I find that interesting, being that this was the Cold War. Um, also, The Pilgrim's Way, a follow-up to Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, and then I noticed he read <clears throat> one of his favorite books uh, as president was... Uh, the biography of John Quincy Adams. So he read about other presidents. Um, so we come to 1946. He runs for Congress. In 1952, he makes the uh, progress up to Senate. And then, of course, 1960, he becomes president. Um, from the time of his death, uh, well, excuse me, from, not from the time of his death, from 1952 uh, to the time of his death, his secretary was Evelyn Lincoln. Now, there's always that story that, you know, Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln and Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. I think the Lincoln, the President Lincoln's secretary thing has been debunked, but uh, I was glad to find out that uh, President Kennedy's secretary really was last name Lincoln. Because uh, I thought that had been debunked also. But uh, the interesting note, the reason why I noted Evelyn Kennedy, aside from the coincidence with Lincoln, uh, JFK liked to doodle, you know, draw little random designs. Uh, something I do also. And I, I guess Evelyn Lincoln saved these doodles. And you can find them at the Kennedy Museum. I tried to find them online and it just kept making me click on this and click on this and then click on that. So, And they were all like presidential national archives. You'd think that would be easier access. Uh, anyways, he was a cigar smoker. Smoked four to five cigars a day. Something else we have in common. Except I stick to three at the most. Um, but he preferred Upman's. U-P-A. Or. <clears throat> try to spell something because of my accent. I fuck it up. U-P-M-A-N-N-S. Upman's. And Monticello's. Monticello's. That's a good one. Upman's. They still make a good cigar. But they're, uh, they go from you know low range to a higher end. Um, the presidential debates, 1960, for some reason, until today, actually, I have been under the impression that there was only one Lincoln-Kennedy debate, because I've only heard it talked about in the singular, 
but there were actually four presidential debates that year on television carried on all three networks all three but the first one on uh september 26th was uh viewed by 70 million americans um I don't, know how, I don't know how many people were living in the country at that time. It's 70 million. It's a lot. Now, um, I've heard legend that people watching on television say Kennedy won the debate. Obviously, a much more handsome man than Richard Nixon. Though Nixon was still fairly young at this age, or at this time. But... You know, for the for the television taping, you know, they tape under these hot studio lights. They, I've heard people say Nixon was sweating, um, just didn't look as good on television. Didn't have the mannerisms that Kennedy had. Uh, and then people, they say, who listened to the debate on radio thought that Nixon won. Um... course we are anyways won't get into the reputation of the guy telling me that story but i've heard it a couple other places too i just remember vividly one friend of mine in college telling me that and then a couple other people also so first presidential debate they had was uh september 26 1960 70 million viewers on three television networks um Kennedy was six foot one. Never knew his height, oddly enough. That's relatively tall. Um, you know, tall enough to be to command respect and stand slightly above or at least even with other people, uh, but not overwhelming, towering tall. Um, he graduated from Harvard where he studied government. Oddly enough, I never really thought about where he graduated from. I knew it was Ivy League, because he's Northeastern Kennedy. Uh, he studied government, <laughs> obviously, duh. What else would he study? Um, nonetheless, uh, the 1960 campaign theme song was High Hopes by Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra was uh, pretty big in Kennedy's... I don't say he was big on the campaign, but he really liked Kennedy and tried to get himself credit for helping Kennedy win. I don't know if uh, it was as much Sinatra as it was the Mafia, but... Uh, and Kennedy, you know, was young, handsome, charismatic, and he was a leader. You know, the story with the, the PT boat, that's that's leadership, that's manliness, that's bravery. Um, I wanted to see what Jacqueline Bouye Kennedy Onassis thought of her husband. Um, I looked for quotes and... I'm sure there's a ton of information out there, but 
in my haphazard research, I just, I found one that stood out at me. So, this is obviously from after his death. Um, Jackie O, or Jackie Kennedy, however you want to remember her, said, I should have guessed that it would be too much to ask to grow old and see our children grow up. So now he's a legend when he would have preferred to be a man. And it strikes me as interesting because you assume he wanted to be a legend, that he wanted to be a powerful world leader and make an impact and leave a lasting legacy. And, you know, maybe he didn't. Maybe he just wanted to do his thing, be president, help people, and move on. I don't know. And in a day when, you know, former presidents, uh, I'd say well, since at least Clinton, so the last few, have taken a uh, a public stance, well... Um, Jimmy Carter did a lot of public things after he was president. Uh, Reagan made a lot of speeches, but didn't do a lot of charity. Um, George H.W. Bush worked with his nemesis Clinton on many things after the two of them, uh, were finished being presidents. Uh, and anyhow, on and on it goes. Um, I wonder what John Kennedy, John Kennedy would have been like after he left the White House. Would he been, would he have been an activist? And you sit and think how the world would have changed had he not been assassinated too. Would we have gotten an, an in deep, in as deep as we did with Vietnam had he not been assassinated? You know, where would our relationships with other countries, Russia in particular, um, China, you know, how the world would have been different? You know, we'll never know, and it's not enough time to sit here and theorize. That could be something interesting, though. Um, so looking for quotes about Kennedy from his children and his wife, uh, I came across Parade Magazine, gotta grab the right computer mouse though, uh, they did an article, let's see, when was this, no, oh, just in August 2023, uh, 100 powerful quotes from JFK that still ring true today. Uh, this is on my Twitter getter and my Twitter, my getter, and my truth social at the real underscore Big John. I'm not going to read all 100. I, I'm going to do number one and then I'll scroll down to number 100. Uh, so, 
best John F. Kennedy quotes, If freedom is to survive and prosper, it will require the sacrifice, the effort, and the thoughtful attention of every citizen. How true is that? Uh, you know, in a world where, you know, we've got censorship on the internet, uh, the, the information superhighway, and, you know, the, the big free speech space, uh, we're constantly censored, not just on the internet, but everywhere in every way. Um, and that's something we have to look out for. And we have to try to keep that freedom. You know, our right to arm bears constantly under attack my entire life. Um, you know, we have to fight for things like that. So, and it's up to each and every person. You know, just taking the freedom of speech, for example. And, you know, Kennedy saying it's up to, you know, each individual uh, to fight for these things, basically. You know, if they take my free speech because you don't like it or you think it's not nice when are they going to come for yours so we all have to be in this together for freedom and prosperity and uh peace all of our rights we value as americans uh so number 100 i look forward to a future in which our country will match its military strength with our moral restraint its wealth with our wisdom, its power with our purpose. So, you know, Kennedy talked about uh, a Pax Americana forced on the world by American weapons of war. Uh, here he's talking about, you know, match our military strength with moral restraint. Uh, use our wealth of wisdom you know at this time I don't know exactly when Kennedy said this but the United States of America was one of the most well educated most intelligent countries on earth uh, and I'm sure we're still you know pretty smart smarter than what we let on smarter than what we show the world at times but you know it's power with our purpose you know, our purpose of, you know, individualism, rights and freedoms of the individual, and spread this to the world. In fact, I think I'm going to copy and paste this quote to, oops, social media. Um, because that really strikes a chord with me. I think that's very powerful. You know, and on this 60th coming up the 60th anniversary of the assassination of JFK, you know, we really got to think about stuff like that. Um, come on, let's work computing machine. All right, we'll piss with that later. Um, so the Kennedy kids, now you want to copy and paste the thing that I just spent five minutes arguing. Um, John John Kennedy or JFK Jr. was only two years old when his father passed away. So, I don't know 
how much he can remember about his dad. But still, that's you know a very young age to have to grow up without a father. Um, and of course, Jackie Kennedy, Jackie Bouye. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced Bouye or Bouvier. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I'm going with Bouye because that's easier for my Ohio accent. Um, so, you know, of course, she would remarry Aristotle Onassis, uh, the richest man in the world at the time. Um, and funny story, um, one time... I think Jackie went ahead of John on a diplomatic trip to Greece and the Secret Service and uh, the people that traveled with the First Lady were told to keep her away from Aristotle Onassis. <laughs> but with, it just... You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and that came from uh, Jackie Kennedy's personal Secret Service agent. Uh, so I wanted to see what John F. Kennedy Jr., sometimes called John John, would think of his father. And I found this uh, article from 2000 or from uh, 1992, excuse me, and it was updated in 2005, uh, but it's talking about, uh, it's from the Tampa Bay Times, JFK Jr. speaks publicly about his father for the first time. Uh, JFK Jr. says he will not see the controversial film JFK. Um, And it says, quote, um, well, 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 wait, let me read this sentence first. Uh, he will not see the controversial film JFK about his father's assassination and wonders whether the senior Kennedy would go into politics today, quote, given the tenor of the times. Uh, you know, it was. John Kennedy had a lot of affairs. Um, that's no secret. But at the time, the media I, I didn't really go after that. You know, the supposed mainstream media. You always had tabloids and things like that. But, you know, we're talking 1992... few years earlier, you had a presidential candidate or two uh, disqualified for having affairs and things. Uh, wow, 1992, JFK Jr. was 31 years old. Um, he's a lawyer at the time. He's doing an interview on ABC's Primetime Live. Um, <clears throat> and talking about... Uh, Oliver Stone's movie, JFK, uh, the younger Kennedy said, 
that's not entertainment for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, <laughs> I would venture to say it's definitely not entertainment for him. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. So, uh, Kennedy appeared on the program with his sister, Caroline Kennedy, uh, Skullsberg. I think the real question is whether or not, given the tenor of the times, my father would have gone into politics at his, at this point. Um, he refused to be drawn into the discussion uh, of the assassination. Uh, that act, that day, does not have much to do with my life. My father's life has to, or wait, my father's life has to do with my life. I'll leave it to people to quarrel, okay. Uh, profiles and courage awards. So, that's interesting. His father's life has to do with his life. Let me find that again. His father's legacy left an impression on him, evidently. My father's life has to do with my life. And the life his father lived, you know, um, Kennedy was, aside from his, you know, affairs, uh, love affairs, sexual affairs, um, he was a moral compass. Uh, he was, in spite of the 1957 Civil Rights Bill, a civil rights president. He wanted everyone to have equal access and equal opportunity to everything in America. Um, so that, that's interesting. My father's life is has an impact on my life. So, 2000... Let's see here. When was this one? This is actually 2023 from August of this year. Uh, Caroline Kennedy, man, she looks aged. Wow. I mean, she looks like 80 or 90. She's only 65, though. Sorry, I'm just noticing the deep wrinkles in her face. Um, she's the U.S. ambassador to Australia. Um, she's held that role for a year. Uh, she was an ambassador during the Obama administration, too. But uh, she's now, uh, well, they refer to her as Caroline Kennedy. She's with her son, Jack Skolisberg, uh, in the Solomon Islands, where the PT-109 incident happened. Um, she says, today, I can't believe I'm standing in the place so far from home, but so close to my heart. This place made President Kennedy the man he was. It's where he first experienced res the responsibility of leadership, the knowledge that the lives and safety of his crew depended on him, and he risked his own life to save theirs. Uh, and then it shows um, her and her son in some... Uh, flowery necklace things 
and this that was from a uh, Instagram post she posted on August 1st, 2023. Um, she says, our lives may be shaped by historical events and times in which we live, but the connections we make to one another that define us give us meaning. Um, so, you know, talking about her dad's leadership, um, what he, what he learned from that PT boat, uh, disaster, well, it wasn't, yeah, disaster, um, and this is, this one here, this surprises me, it's from, uh, the Today Show, today.com, uh, link on my Twitter, um, Ahead of his centennial birthday, the daughter and grandchildren of John F. Kennedy reflect in a new video on the impact the former president had on their lives and the legacy he left for his country. Uh, now, Caroline was five when John was assassinated. Uh, John John, or JFK Jr., uh, was two. Um... She says, I have thought about him and missed him every day of my life. And then there's a picture of uh, John F. Kennedy and her. And she's got his her head on his shoulder. It, it looks like she's about five in this picture. So it must have been, man, right before uh, he was assassinated. Um, interesting note, at the time of his assassination... She was on her way to her first sleepover at a friend's house. Her first sleepover. Big big deal for a kid. Um, and JFK Jr. was at the White House. Uh, anyways. Um, growing up without him made was made easier by all the people who kept him in their hearts. He meant a lot to the people around him. Um... So it says, who told me he inspired them to work and fight and believe in a better world and to give back to this country that has given so much to so many. And I, I like that. Um, say what you want about Kennedy. And there, you know, it seemed to me like everyone I knew growing up loved him. And he was this beloved president. But looking back at some historic things. His re-election in 64 was not a guarantee. Um, he was controversial. People say he was soft on communism. Uh, different things like that. A lot of turmoil in the United States. At this time with civil rights. With the Cold War. Vietnam starting to ramp up, the failed Bay of Pigs invasion, uh, which was basically a, a CIA operation. They trained Cuban, Cuban exiles to invade Cuba, uh, supposedly word leaked to the Cuban government and the Cubans were waiting for them in the, this area known as the Bay of Pigs 
and these people were, were massacred by the Cuban military. And the thing was, um, let me relight my cigar, hold on. So they asked Kennedy for air support. Um, the U.S. Air Force to fly over and uh, soften up the landing zone or, you know, close air support bombing of the Cuban troops so that these mercenaries could get in and do their job. Uh, and Kennedy held back the air support. And he was trying to avoid a shooting war with Russia, World War III. And so, in doing that, Kennedy enraged a lot of people, especially the Cuban-American community, but also, you know, anti-communist radicals uh, said, oh, look, Kennedy's soft on communism and all this, um, but really... It seems to me like everybody that I know had a fascination with John F. Kennedy and a love of uh, him and his two children and his wife, Jackie. Um, now, I want to make on an interesting note before I get too far off. Uh, there was a third Kennedy child. God rest his soul. Patrick uh, Bouvier, Bouvier Kennedy, uh, he lived two days and died from a lung infection. Uh, that's very sad. Um, obviously, you know, a, a baby, two days old, passing away. I'm not sure if he was the third born or where he fell in the line of the three children. But uh, from what I read, it just said that the, a third Kennedy child passed away. And they did have time to name him. Uh, and he came home and went pretty much straight back to the hospital. But, you know, this quote, you know, people talk about how he inspired them to believe in a better world, uh, give something back to this country that's given to so many. You know, he has that question, or that uh, quote, excuse me, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Um, you know, that really echoed with people. Let's do something for America. America gave us freedom. America gave us capitalism, free enterprise, good jobs, homes, cars, uh, you know, 1963, you know, this was before, you know, we all became cynical, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, in 63 still respected the government, they believed the news, the press, the media, etc., blah, blah, woof, woof, and, 
John Kennedy embodied a new America, a young America. And, you know, we're talking pre-baby boomer America. His children were baby boomers. He was a greatest generation. People forget that. John Kennedy was not a baby boomer. Uh, well, I guess his children wouldn't have been baby boomers either. Um, they were two and five. They were kind of that next generation, but whatever. Technically not born right after World War II is what I'm saying. Let's take a break. Let me regroup. Okay, back from my break. So, yeah. You know, Kennedy... I'll be honest, I think... You know, until Reagan... Which wasn't... Reagan and Kennedy weren't that far apart... Uh, in years. What? How many presidents did you have in between that you had? Uh, Lyndon Johnson, Nixon, uh, Ford, <laughs> the disaster that was Jimmy Carter. Uh, then you had Reagan. So four presidents in between Kennedy and Reagan. And, you know, those are the two presidents I remember that inspired people. Um... During his first campaign, President Obama inspired people, but he lost a lot of his inspirationalness uh, not far into his first term. And you can say the Bush recession was to blame for that. Or whatever. Um, frankly, you know, Barack Obama wasn't ready to be president. But, you know, Kennedy uh, groomed himself to be president. His dad, Joe Kennedy, obviously groomed him. Uh, initially, John's older brother, Joe, Joe Jr., was going to be the the president but being a Kennedy Joe Jr. Uh, took on a risky mission into Germany to uh, I believe it was to, to blow up the heavy water plants because the Germans were working on an atomic bomb but since they didn't have plutonium thank God uh, they were using heavy water, and I can't explain what the hell that is to you, but it's something heavy and it's water. And Joe's plane was shot down, or uh, it was either shot down or it was a, a kamikaze mission where he was supposed to guide the plane to a certain point and then bail out, but he couldn't bail out. I'm not really sure. But nonetheless, he died in Germany in World War II. And so... That put the Kennedy legacy presidential 
aspirations on John Kennedy. And they were his father's aspirations. But I think he took them and... He took the aspirations and the responsibility uh, and he ran with it. And I think he did want to make uh, an impact in the world politically. Uh, who knows, maybe he would have you know, followed his brother into politics and they both would have been politicians um, and followed one another in uh, the presidency, the first brother-brother president combo, you know, who knows. Um, you know, we had the, uh, the Adams presidents, we had the Bush presidents, but we've never had a brother-brother, I don't think there will be in my lifetime, presidential combo. Um, but, hey, I always grew up listening to people talk about John Kennedy uh, and this inspiration, you know, the man on the moon. You know, he talked about it in his first presidential campaign. Uh, and I think his first inaugural, his only inaugural address, um, putting a, a man on the moon. And we choose to do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And, you know, that was the legacy of the greatest generation. You know, World War II generation. Do things because they are hard, not because they're easy. And that's how John Kennedy inspired people. So, I'm going to end it with that. With Caroline's words about her father. And uh, his legacy and inspiration being passed on to her by the people that held him in their hearts. And that speaks a lot, that his children knew him through the family and friends of John F. Kennedy. A life taken much too young. Oh, how the world would have been different. Oh, how the world would have been different had Kennedy not been assassinated. So God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Till next panic attack, love somebody. Be the reason somebody feels loved.